Queens, New York. Let's take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York, folks. It's out of here. We got you. Do you believe it? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. So don't sit here and call out the players who are busting their ass trying to win games. They teased no, they, us. They teased themselves. They're teasing us. They didn't tease they you. Sweet. No, look at my brass cojones because I throw the ball. You like that, Spanish Academy? You can't talk the talk and not walk the walk and then expect everybody to be okay with it. That's all. You want to know how real fan I am? I took out a personal load to go to the playoffs in 2015. If you're a real fan, a real fan, you say, so what? I've done enough scoreboard watching. The only scoreboard that matters is the one that's in front of our face. Next week is probably going to be an intervention. So let's talk about it next on Amazing But True. Alcides Escobar loops one on the right side. McNeil goes back, makes the catch, and the ball game is over. For the 40th time in the last 53 opening days, the Mets are victorious. We've been told this is a fluid bullpen. Oh, my God. Buck Showalter is immediately out. We talked about how this was a really tense game yesterday. And both, both dugouts are out there on the field. Dugouts have cleared. Bullpens are coming out now. Bases loaded. The pitch. Swing and a drive. Well hit to left. It may go. Back towards the wall is Thomas. At the fence. Gone. A home run. A grand slam for Pete Alonso. Alonso with his first home run of the year. And the Mets take a 4 to nothing lead. Looking to punch, runner coming home, the throw, not in time, the game is tied. Up the middle, base hit, Cruz driving in two, and the Nats are ahead four to two here in the eighth. Ooh, welcome back to Amazing But True, a New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. It's Jake Brown and Nelson Figueroa back at you. On a Monday, and good God, do we have a lot to talk about those highlights. You heard courtesy of Mass and SNY, WCBS, and Apple TV+. Plus. People still complaining about that game being Oof. streamed to Apple TV+. Plus. I, I heard. I was at the game. I was at all the games. I'll give you the Nationals Park review. There's about a million topics to get into. It was Cherry Blossom Sunday, Figgy. I got this shirt here. This I recently learned about Cherry Blossoms, if you see on the camera. The uh, Cherry Blossom shirt. Can't tell it's a national. Just could be W for women or... Or Wal- Walgreens, oh, my boy. first job, my first employer. No, nope. it's a Nationals but giveaway shirt. And I bobbled it a few times, but it caught it. It, took, it was a struggle. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been an embarrassment if I dropped that. But anyway, that's besides the point. we got a lot to get into. Frank the Tank, Frank Fleming from Barstool Sports will join us later in the show. Figgy, the Mets are 3-1. and one. A lot of Mets Twitter already going for the manager, Buck Showalter after Sunday. It's funny because I'm not, but if it was Luis Rojas, I might be. Oh, you would have. But Easily. If I just love Buck so much that I'm not ready to go there yet, and I also don't think he was the guy. First off, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three wins, dominant pitching, new guys contributing, Marte, Kana, Kana. The guy leads the league in batting average, minimum six at-bats. Uh, <laughs> he's been incredible. Bullpen's been Fairly solid outside of a, a shakeup yesterday, but starting pitching great. It's hard not to be positive about what happened this weekend. I'm not positive about the stadium, and we'll get into that, but positive about this team. And we'll start with Sunday. Trevor Williams was used in the eighth inning after Shreve stays in a face the lefty. Buck Showalter said he wanted everyone in. 
His hands were a little bit tied behind his back because he did not have his closer. And Edwin Diaz, thoughts and prayers with him and his family as he lost his grandfather, and he was on the bereavement list. You had guys that had already gone twice in a in four-game set. You're in game four out of 162. Rojas and maybe prior managers were famous for overusing guys, and towards the end of the season, these guys were taxed. Right. Trevor Williams isn't a bum, and Trevor May is also not Mariano Rivera. Seth Lugo... In the last year, it was not Mariano Rivera. So when they say, why didn't you use May and Lugo, these aren't Hall of Fame relievers we're talking about here. So I had no problem with him going to Williams. That loss is on one, lack of bats. Two, Pete Alonso. Have to make that throw home, and you have to at least get that out at second. Really could have been a double play. Those two defensive blunders are the reason they really lost and the fact they didn't score enough. They didn't bunt with Nito to move the runners over earlier in the game. Then the double play led right after that, so that could have been a blunder on Buck. But I'm not ready to point this loss Sunday on Buck show, Walter Figgy. No, there's no reason to. There's no reason to start overthinking things. That's the beauty of Buck show, Walter. He won't overthink the moment. What did he say he wanted to do? Get everybody, get their feet wet, at least let them have an inning. Trevor Williams wasn't his fault. It wasn't as if he you know, walked the yard and gave up bombs. It was a slow roller. Slow rollers. <laughs> Left, right, and center. He had weak contact. That's what you want, right? If the ball was handled better, could Pete have made the plays? Absolutely. Did Pete stand there and was accountable for not making the plays? Absolutely. He tried to do everything he could in his power to make that safety squeeze. Executed perfectly. You have your little guys just putting the ball down in play. You have your fast runners on base. So it's a do-or-die play. For me, you have to barehand it and flip it as quick as you could. He tried to go with the glove. It makes it difficult to get it out of that big first baseman's mitt and flip it accurately. The the throw could go anywhere. And as the catcher, he's got to be ready to catch the ball and then put the tag on. There's a lot of factors if you don't just grab it with your bare hand and make that quick little shuffle. And he did the folly floater like it was a Sunday softball <laughs> game, which is not the time to do a folly floater. Yeah, and, and you know... He had to wait because it was a runner on base, uh, a guy who can steal, and that's the thing with speed, and that's why they made the bases bigger, and they want to take advantage of the speed of the game and giving guys more opportunities to steal bases. So you're seeing a lot of small ball already, right? It's not a been home runs after home runs. The Nats won because of small ball in that inning. All they did was put the ball in play and run the bases properly. The Mets had to handle the ball a lot better. Back to fundamental baseball. Buck really just harped on that throughout spring training. We heard that from Mookie Wilson, that that was something that was different than the past. It wasn't just about getting reps in and then putting on home run derby and batting practice. Hey, let's figure out how to do rundowns properly. Let's figure out what would happen in a squeeze play with certain runners being on bases. So those are all the key elements. So you hope they learn from that. Pete Alonso will probably work on that play and get better at that play so that the next time it's not such a shock to the system when there's a possibility of a squeeze, and that's what a safety squeeze is, is that you have to be able to crash in there and vacate that first base spot instead of holding that runner on so tightly. Maybe he gets an extra second to run in, and that's the difference in that play. Yeah, and the grounder up the middle, too, that's like if yep. they're not shifting there, that's probably a routine double play. Mm-hmm. The one pass Lindor, I mean, that's a slow roller. You could argue he could have dove and maybe stopped that, knocked it down, get the third out. They kind of just a bad series of events that you live with there. If if you bet Mets money line, uh, you might have uh, struggled at that one. Uh, <laughs> but you know, still three and one. And Pete talked about after the game what happened on those two defensive plays. Hearts. Let's cue up what Pete Alonso had to say after the game. 
I just bang bang play at home. I thought I thought I made the right decision. Thought I made the right play. If I were to uh, throw it, I feel like it'd be too quick and too close of a distance. I didn't want to make a, a bad throw because the other the other runners on base. I wanted to secure the baseball and uh, make a good flip uh, to to Moss. I feel like I did that. It's just that he's he's fast. I thought I had a pretty. I thought everything was clean, uh, or at least it felt clean. You, sometimes, even though it's well defended, you have to tip your hat to the base runner. And on the double play ball, I just I just missed the throw. Don't know why. There was no rush. There was no need to rush. I felt like I was calm, cool, and collected. I just missed the throw, and as a result, that, that kind of put the team in a really bad hole. And Pete Alonzo, you would think he made a trip to Six Flags because the roller coaster ride he has been on, from his car flipping over three times, to getting hit essentially in the foch, right in the face, and just walking it off. Now, they took him out of the game, which is a no-brainer, but and comes back the next day, getting hit in the face. To the Grand Slam Saturday, to Sunday's defensive blunders, it is April 11th. The season just started, and this guy has been on the wildest ride mm. of the year. So you live with what he did, you live with it. Now the debate that has come on Mets Twitter is, if Dom Smith is playing, why is he not at first base? Dom Smith may not be a gold glover, but we can agree he's a better defensive player than Pete Alonso. And Pete has made strides and strides to become mm-hmm. a solid defensive player, not a gold glover. Probably won't win a gold glove. Do you think Bucks should be playing Dom Smith at first and, and DHing Pete? I think that's what we saw a lot in the beginning with Pete, right? It was let him get his four at-bats, and then after the seventh inning, if you're up ahead, you bring in Dom Smith to kind of be that closer for defensive purposes. You, you want to have that confidence in Pete. It's not like he's awful at first base. He's gotten a lot better. Two plays, if, if those are the only two plays throughout the season, I'm sure we'll see other blunders and other mistakes, but it's the mental side of, of it and, and how to approach those things. He's going to go over it with the coaching staff. He's going to re- review film and realize that that throw can't be up in the air. It has to be more of a line drive, even though he's close. Nito's ready for it. Nito's not sitting there already outstretched and with his glove, come hit me you know, in this one spot. He's waiting to receive the ball wherever it's at so he can drop a knee and keep the guy from scoring. It's always going to be part of the learning process. You're never a complete player, and, and I think that's, that's a good thing. But at the same time, you have to get Dom Smith more involved and it, at that point in the ballgame because it was so close. If the score was different, then you would have probably seen Dom Smith there with a little bit more of a lead, but you still need Pete's bat in there because of what he's capable of doing. You know, Trevor Williams is not a bum, so I have no problem with that. He said what he wanted. You know, he said he got everyone in there, and he did. He yeah. even got Jankowski in there who got two hits the other night. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that Saturday now. We move off of Sunday, and we have to throw on Sunday that – Cookie Carrasco, and every time I said, let's go, Cookie, I'm sitting behind the dugout. So I end up getting tickets Friday, StubHub last minute. The guy had season tickets there. He's like, hey, I have Saturday and Sunday. Great price. Do you want them? I'm like, hell yes. So I sat in the same seats Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Had a blast. Shout out to all the Mets fans that were there. Shout out to all the Amazing But True fans. New and old. You know, we got some new fans now. Gave us some shirts. Did some trivia. Gave Cowboy Man a couple t- Questions too easy. Yeah, 69 too easy. Mets manager and who's getting the statue on Friday. And can't wait for that home opener Friday. The Tom Seaver statue going up. But, you know, it was an eventful weekend at Nationals Park and no natitude was seen. And uh, Nationals fans suck, I got to say. <laughs> it's almost a non existent fan base. And to the point where people behind us, when it was 5 nothing Saturday, shout out to Chris Bassett, who was just dominant and that curveball yes, is nasty was. and figgy will do a curveball video break down his curveball check out our social media amazing but true jake brown radio figgy and why to watch that uh after the show but bassett was great 
But Saturday, man, it was cold as hell all weekend in Nationals Park. But Saturday, the fans, what I was saying was they said, pump your own gas. And, I, and after the game, I'm like, guys, you know that's only in New Jersey. They're like, oh, same thing. Do not compare New York and New Jersey. New York is superior to New Jersey. I will slap you like Will Smith <laughs> if you say New Jersey's the same thing as New York. No offense, New Jersey, but you know we're better. You know New York is better. And even if you think you're better, don't say because New Yorker pump their own gas. We go to the gas station and pump our own gas. I know because I don't have a car, but the people <laughs> who do have a car pump their own freaking gas. Figgy does oh, not because he man. lives in New Jersey, but when he comes to New York, he pumps I, his I own wait, gas. I wait till I get back to Jersey so they can pump my well, gas. Well, here's the me. thing. I heard they might make New Jersey people pump their own yes, gas soon. So you're going to have to go out and brave the conditions now yeah, to pump your God. gas. But Saturday. Now we go back to Saturday as we talk about that game. and but think about great, the way to, let, Let's great. talk about the fan base like you were just saying, yeah. right? If you're a Nationals fan... Who's in the lineup? They suck. Who do you know? They're fans. They're, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be. Very nice people. <laughs> some of them. Some of them suck. <laughs> but no noise all weekend. Dumb chance like that. Opening day, there was. I, I jokingly tweeted there were 69 people. There might have been 59. Like the, I said 69. There might have been There was no. It is opening day, and I know it's cold, but nobody is there, and I get it. And now I see with the stadium, and I'll get into that soon, underwhelming. Nobody there on opening day. Tickets are cheap. It is bad. And they came for Scherzer, and a lot of Scherzer jerseys were out. Mm-hmm. They miss him badly. Oh, yeah. Because it was like Lucius. I thought Lucius Harris was playing third base, <laughs> former net shooting guard. I mean, Lucius Fox. I mean, who, who is this? They are bad. That's Batman's uh, utility guy. <laughs> yeah, they are really bad. But, you know, we mentioned Cookie Carrasco. Shout out to him. Fantastic start. Two hits, one run, four Ks. Shocker, first inning. Yeah, first inning homer. If you Shocker. bet the over half a run, you won a lot of money. <laughs> you had to do that. Yeah. And the, the bomb to left center. But after that, recovered very nicely. Yep. I could argue you should have went through the six. I don't know why they pull him after. Again, five it's early, it's lefty, early, lefty. Yeah, early in the season. Last time he had pitched in spring training was a long time now. Mm-hmm. You start looking at those factors as well. And you want him to leave on a positive note. And, and he did. Four innings, no hits, four strikeouts. Just got into a nice groove. It's, it's something where he's going to have to kind of, uh, we, we joked about it last time, he's got to start it up a little bit quicker. You know, pretend he's already in the second inning or do enough so that you feel a little bit more tired and you're not leaving the ball up. But if he can get over these first inning blues, I mean, I, and he can be that quality starter, to have him as a fourth, and, and and that's as solid of a top four that you could imagine in baseball. And I'm not even talking about with Degrom in it. I'm talking about with the way that McGill pitched on. Oh, Thursday. he was fantastic. And maybe the at City Field Saturday when Carrasco pitches next, they just put on the scoreboard two to start. Just eliminate <laughs> the one on the box score there. Mind games, baby. Mind start. Games. It's all about the mind games. But Saturday, Pete Alonso saves himself. With the Grand Slam. Now, Sunday is rough, but Pete, you're going to get the ups and downs defensively, but you're going to get a lot of ups offensively. And he hit that salami, rounded the bases, did the shush to the crowd after the game. And the bat flip. The bat, the bat flip, flip was electric. Mm. Um, I saw that afterwards. I didn't see it at the moment, but I got the video of him rounding third, shushing. Liked my story. Liked the IG story, so he was on IG checking for who's posting. I got the good zoom-in video. And then after the game... He had some interesting comments of his thoughts on Grand Slam. Hearts, let's uh, cue that up. Can you remember the last time you hit a Grand Slam? Yeah, so it was in 2018 in Vegas. Oh, it feels nice. I mean, grannies are sick, so I'm <laughs> no, yeah. So it was no, it, it felt felt really good, especially in a big spot um, to help help the team win. So it was really, really, really awesome. 
A couple things. We don't want to go in Pete Alonzo's uh, browser history, if uh, <laughs> his porn-up history, if after the grannies are sick comment. Um, oh, boy. I'm just kidding. But he <laughs> ended up making shirts with that. So he cap- I think he says things to make shirts out of them because I think he's done this in the past. It's tremendous marketing. That's one I'm going to skip out on. I'm going to skip out on the grannies are sick. Or sick shirt because unless you're a diehard Mets fan, you're going to look it, at me with uh, a little creeper, a little, a little, a little creeper. side eye. If I walked on my walk to Chick-fil-A after the show with the grannies are sick shirt, uh, I, I'm not wearing that to the club. I'm not Changing wearing that our to demographic, right? That's what yeah. you're trying to do. I show up to marquee grannies are sick, sir. We're not going to let you in the building right now. Uh, I'm going to pass on that one, but it was a funny comment. Pete's, you know, a funny guy, entertaining guy, friend of the show. We'll have to have back on. If, if you missed that one, go ch- check out that. But Bassett, man, that curveball is filthy. That was a delight on Saturday to watch him pitch. Had to hammer that six-plus strikeout number on there because you knew that curveball against these amateur hitters. I mean, like we talk about, the Nationals, after those top four, who are these guys? Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot of Scherzer jerseys because there's not other guys. Soto, obviously, and Cruz. But Hernandez, there's not a lot, five through nine. But he was a joy to watch. McGill opening day was a joy to watch. So the Mets rotation looks good so far. We got the McGill action. We got Scherzer recovered nicely. And Garrett Cole complained about four minutes. Scherzer had to go through the... I take a picture in the sunlight, and then I take another picture a minute later. I'm like, wait, what happened? The lights went out. They didn't pay the electric bill. First, they don't have straws, and then they don't pay the electric bill? I mean, what are you doing, Nationals Park? Get your ish together. Fix the lights. This is the second game of the season, and they didn't pay the damn bill. They had all off season delaying... Scherzer in his big return, which Nationals fans are even paying for. This is the biggest game of the year for them, and the lights go out. You can't have that happen, and it sucked for him because it might have threw off his. He didn't complain about it. He said, that's life, but fix your lights, pay the electric bill. That's a a note to everyone. I could could definitely see them doing that on purpose. You think? Honestly, I could see them doing it on purpose. Conspiracy theory. Just to try and mess with them a little bit. You know, hey, it's for, you know, safety for both teams. We're going to have to wait a little delay here. Uh, But Scherzer is the consummate professional and probably added that as another little notch of reasons why he wanted to shove. What you love about this whole starting staff, and um, there was a cut scene during one of the games, Bassett's start, where they gathered around him. And just for information, and he was talking to him about, and you could see him, you know, showing like he was throwing a slider or a cutter to somebody and then showing like fastball up and cut. So they're already comparing notes and they're sharing that information. Again, it's one thing to have an analytics guy and he prints out this little print sheet of what worked and what doesn't work. With these hitters, but there's no uh, way to better learn than from firsthand experience, plus the fact that these other guys have done it right before you. So Ty Walker is sitting there, even though he's not facing the Nationals, he's soaking up all this information. You got guys who've had tremendous success and longtime success. What makes him tick? Yeah, Walker, we'll see with the knee surgery, how he recovers, because he is the question mark in his rotation. McGill pitches like he did. And it's hard to really judge because, like we said, the Nationals suck. So the Mets are going to have to pound on the Nationals. I'm just going off of Soto, the Soto at-bats. I'm watching the Soto at-bats and how each Met pitcher did, right? Yeah, Uh, exactly. I think Trevor May learned the hard way. We're not challenging guys with a fastball and a fastball count Mm -hmm. and see how far they can hit it. 96 um, was fouled back against McGill, and then he went 98, and he elevated it just a little bit more, and that was enough to blow by Soto in that situation. Trevor May was like, oh, I got that in the tank, and it was 
96 and it was just right in the wheelhouse and wound up being like 470 feet away. There's a mentality to this team yes. that we like so far. And Bassett had a great quote, Hearts, let's cue it up, of what he said that, you know, had us ready to run through a brick wall when they asked about facing Soto. Let's see what Bassett said. Came back from 3-0 to strike out Soto in that first strikeout of the night. Just what was your approach on that? I don't care who you are. I'm coming after you. I mean, I faced Otani a lot. I faced Trout a lot. Um, I I don't care the name on the back of your jersey. I'm coming. Um, that's been my mentality no matter who I face. Um, I know he's probably the best hitter in the world, but I don't I don't care. That's my mindset when I go into a chicken parm hero. I, you know, I, I don't care who you are. I'm coming after you. But that fires you up. The combination of that and the video of Buck Showalter yelling on Friday night as we talk about that, going out for that brawl, you hit four batters, the Mets got to do it back. You know, there wasn't really a great situation maybe. It wasn't a blowout where they could bean a guy, and you don't want to lose, you know, if Scherzer, if he beans a guy and gets ejected, he's your best pitcher. You don't want him out of the game. So... I would like them to retaliate, but we do play the Nationals many more times mm-hmm. this season. There will be future times to do that, but good for Buck for yelling, coming out there. Good for the guys defending. You saw Alonzo come out there. It was a brawl. It was one of those like all right, I know. I keep around. seeing these. I keep seeing these every time you get the you know you get the notification brawl brawl, yeah. and then you watch the video and it's like oh they left the bench. Oh cute. Yeah, and it was it was cool to see up close. You know. The, the, there was some pushing and shoving. There were no punches. Mm-hmm. And it's Mets Nationals game, too. It's There's no reason to, but there's a little a little feistiness. And you love to see guys back in. And Lindor brought that up when it was thrown at him. He said, love, I love my New York Mets. I love this team. I love the New York Mets. I love being a part of this team. And I love that everyone have my back. And that's something in the first series of the year that's pivotal, that this team is showing a pulse, that they care for each other. You know, Buck says what he said. Bassett said what he said. There's a good vibe around this team that you haven't felt in recent years. Well, remember, we just can go right back to the Dom Smith when he got drilled in Philadelphia and Conforto got hit and McNeil got hit and it was all by the same pitcher, the lefty. Alvarado. Alvarado. You were fired up about that. Yeah, because in that moment where Dom Smith decides to not come through in the clutch and he wants to fight about it, he he stands his ground, but he doesn't go after him. He kind of walks away while he's yelling. The identity of the team there was not set. And we talked about the pivotal moment for the Mets last year was when Pilar got hit in the face and came back to play, you know, a few days later and said that I just wanted to be out there for my team. It changes that whole perspective of what's important. And it's not about you. It's about the team. So the Mets had hitters get hit. And you saw Marte standing on the top and he was telling the Nats players, you've hit three of ours. We're going to get you back. And he started pointing to some guys and he had a little bit of ingest in him and you saw him smile, but he was pointing at like getting hit in the ribs. Like, and he's pointing literally at Marte. He's pointing at, yes. at Escobar, probably at shortstop because he probably knows him and he's pointing at him and he's telling him, we're going to hit you in the ribs. We're going to hit you in the ribs. So what I love is twofold. You got guys that now will jump out in a heartbeat and have your back and make sure that you know they take care of business. It's not about throwing punches. It's not hockey and they're going to have the goons come out and beat up on the other team, but it's about defending your players. Hey, that's not right. Now, when you see Buck Showalter leading the charge and he's dropping F-bombs left, right, and center. They were like, what'd you say? He's like, that'll stay between us. Exactly. But then what you have more so than anything is I love the fact you don't hit them right away. I don't want to give them any kind of like, oh, okay, now it's over. Oh, no, no, no. They play them so many times that you want those hitters, especially the big hitters, because they know they're not going to hit. They're not hitting the guys in the bottom of the lineup. They're not hitting, you know, D. Gordon. You get, first of all, you have to aim at D. Gordon really well because he's about the size of his bat. 
you want to hit one of the big players to send the message, right? So Nelson Cruz and Soto, like we just said, those are the big names. Those are the guys that are going to probably have to wear one, and they know that. So every at-bat, they're going to come up there a little tentative and not be able to dig in and take those big swings because is it now that I'm going to get drilled? They will get it. There's a tally being taken right now, and I guarantee you that it's 4-1, to one, and the Mets will get their, their fair share of and chances to get back at them. I want them uneasy. I want them sleeping uh, you know, the night before the game going, damn, I better wear you know a little extra padding uh, you know, all over my body. I might use a little elbow guard this time just to make sure I don't get hurt. Well, we'll see you in a month in D.C., May 10th through the 12th. The Mets play in the National Oh, no, 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 at home. So. It'll be at home. Well, that won't be for a while. It'll the be at home. The one will be in D.C. You don't want to hit them on the road and spark up their May crowd. May 30th, 31st, and 1st. I believe Mark that's it. Memorial Day time. So Mark there'll it. be fireworks going <laughs> off on Memorial Day. And the Mets play the Nationals. And Jake comes back for Tuesday after his brother's wedding, part two. All right, this week we got we're 3-1. We got the Phillies Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, off day, and then home opener Friday. Jake and his dad for the 19th straight time go to the home opener. Happy birthday, Pop 63 on Thursday. Oh, wow. He flies in Thursday. We'll go to the game Friday. Saturday, my mom and dad are going to the car show. I'll be at the game because I have a problem, and I also would rather be at a Mets game than the car show. And then Sunday is Easter, so happy Easter to all the folks who celebrate Easter. And we get Bassett Friday should be Carrasco Saturday and then Walker Sunday. It'll be Scherzer versus Nola on a Wednesday afternoon battle. So that'll be fun. And uh, Wheeler pitching tomorrow against McGill, who was dominant. But all right, before we get to Frank the Tank, and you'll hear a hilarious voicemail from my parents in the close. If you don't tune into the close, you're missing out because there's always some fun. And this week, we'll have a voicemail from them. Nationals Park. Let me just quickly go through this, Figgy. What happened? Because it was a true debacle and a stadium that needs work. Well, first off, you know about the lights. My thread, if you didn't follow, opening day, first off, the medium rare stand, steak sandwiches, was out of bread before the game started. So they were celebrating Passover early, maybe. I don't know if it was Jewish <laughs> keto. Heritage They're going night. keto. Yeah, maybe open. It was a keto rare uh, stand out of bread. There's one. One stand. Out of spicy chicken sandwiches. That's an iconic item. You should probably have your spicy chicken sandwich. Out of that. Opening day, mind you, the game just started. Another area. Out of napkins and ketchup. So you're going to wipe yourself with your shirt, maybe. Uh, <laughs> use your shirt as a rack. With your cherry blossom yeah. shirt. There you go. This is the best thing to come out of the weekend was this. Just, look, look, this, this is beautiful. You know, it's it's got it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month colors as well. So, you know, it doesn't really say national. It's a beautiful shirt. And it's cozy material, but there's one. Another one. Twice this weekend, I got a bottle of water. Frozen. How do you expect me to drink a frozen bottle? It's already <laughs> 50 degrees outside. How are you going to get frozen water? It's already cold. How am I going to hydrate? That was bad. The poutine place. I'm sorry, what? Poutine. Yes, poutine. P-O-U-T-I-N-E. Poutine. Has run. <laughs> Amazing but true after hours. The poutine was out of cheese. Out of cheese. So poutine without cheese. It's like KFC without chicken. I mean, that can't happen. The bathroom. Wait, nope. you think you're going to walk past poutine right now? Yeah, poutine. poutine. What is that? Hearts, you know what poutine is. Yeah, I mean, it, you never heard of poutine? Uh, no. I mean, come on. Hearts, can you tell? It's, it's fries with cheese curds it's and a, gravy. It's a Canadian can delicacy. Essentially disco fries with, like, instead of it being shredded cheese, you get, like, little clumps of, like, cheese melted over gravy. 
We got to do a Twitter poll. Have you heard of poutine? I think you're going to get roasted on this one. Yeah, Finally, I know something that you know don't. That's right, old man. The young buck. Sounds like something you need to get a shot for. No, it sounds like it might lead to diabetes, but yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you never heard of poutine. Yeah, very good. But not as good without the cheese because that's a key apart. All right, bathroom. Oh, no garbage. No garbage in the bathroom. So you throw it on the floor. So litter. <laughs> So I'm going to litter at National Park because he didn't give me the option to throw it in the garbage. Nice. So at least they had paper towels in and of the dryer. I thought being as cheap as they seem to be, it'd be a dryer machine and not paper mm-hmm. towels. They had paper towels. But you had to go outside with your paper towel awkwardly to throw out the – just, you know, I like convenience. That's not convenient. You got to open the door, paper, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, no straws. Now, some people think I'm ridiculous for thinking that this is ridiculous. But it's a straw. At least have a paper. Now, paper straws are the are the new pandemic. Post-COVID, it is now mm-hmm. paper straws. Mm-hmm. That is a epide- epidemic? Pandemic? What is epidemic? That's Epidemic is something that's epic, right? Or I'm sorry. Earlier, you said you were an encyclopedia. <laughs> what? <laughs> epidemic. Can we look up the definition of epidemic? Oh, um, this is going. It is a widespread occurrence of an infectious disease. Yeah, this is an job. epidemic. Good yes. job, yeah. No that, straws is an epidemic. Sounds just about right. So what we did is we got straws from Dunkin' Donuts the next day and brought them into the stadium. So, so you stole straws from Dunkin' Donuts. Which Dunkin' well, Donuts? We got coffee. <laughs> well, we got coffee and then just grabbed like 20 straws with I'll it. Try. I'm going to make an anonymous tip. And make- but but then, they, <laughs> then they broke in my pocket, so the straws ended up breaking. So <laughs> Nothing worse than a broken straw and you're trying to... Sip on your drink and you can't get it to go up to so the I straw. So I went from no straw, straw, broken straw, no garbage. <laughs> so it was just a tragedy. So there were do no. You see straws. why you have to fix apparently the priorities in your life. Yeah. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying here? And then here's the other thing: there had areas where you couldn't pay for your food. There were large areas where you had to wait in line at a kiosk or go on the app, order on the app, hope that it, you know they had it ready, which they didn't. You had to show them your phone. How they're like it's COVID friend. I mean, come on now. I'm trying to give them my card. They're like, nah, you can't do that here. The part about you need convenience. Get back to your seat. Get back to the game and enjoy the game. To go to a kiosk, pay, come back to the stand a mile away to pick it up and wait for it to be picked up. You're wasting time. You're not watching the game. It must be part of the strategy because the team is so bad that they want you to miss the game. Distraction. Yeah, Misdirection. They're like, they're like, go to this kiosk. You can also get scratch-offs on the kiosk <laughs> and place a bet with BetMGM on here, too, like while you're not watching the game. Did you bet with MGM? Uh, I, I did. And That's, did you do it through an app or did you play with the card? I had to do... I did a... The, they have... The good thing is they had the thing outside so you could do the machines and cash Ooh, the stadium it. a little bar where you could bet so you know i bet alonzo homer saturday he hit one bet mets he hit it bassett strikeouts he hit it so I had a good day saturday but anyway just a lot of things were wrong with nationals park and i'll say and the metro closing at 11 the game yes. the opening night game went till you know midnight mm-hmm. it was midnight mets and everyone was home so you know you can't close the metro again maybe they don't want you to see the end of these nationals games because they're losing but another thing wrong I'll say very nice people. Stadium is dysfunctional. I'll go back if it's a big series, but very mediocre. If you were thinking about a trip there, you could probably save the money and not go. I, and that's why I'll lead into this to close. Can't wait for this weekend to be back home at City Field. Looking forward to seeing everyone Mets, D-backs. Anyway, coming up next on Amazing But True, it is a Mets super fan who I saw there this weekend, and that would be Frank Fleming, a.k.a. Frank the Tank. He's next. I can talk about a dog 10 minutes later. It's out there in the whole world. I'm in trouble now. 
All right. Joining us now on Amazing But True. After an eventful weekend in D.C., I saw him on opening night. It became after opening day and all sorts of delays this weekend is the great Frank Fleming, a.k.a. Frank the Tank. He's at Barstool Sports. You could subscribe also to his podcast, the Frank the Tank pod. Go subscribe to his YouTube channel. Follow him on TikTok, Twitter, NJTank99. Frank, welcome to Amazing But True. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa. Good to see you this weekend. I know you didn't go Sunday. The Mets continue to have the Sunday scares, it, it seems, Frank. Mets are like Chick-fil-A. They, the Mets are like Chick-fil-A. They're, 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 they're always off on uh, Sunday. I, I love a good Chick-fil-A reference. Oh, you got boy. me there because that's where King, I go after the show. That's a, there's, that's, every time I mention food, we donate a dollar to a local charity. So we're at I like, mean, I mean, maybe maybe if Chick-fil-A opened on Sunday, the Mets will actually start winning games. You're always hungriest for Chick-fil-A on Sundays and you can never get it. You weren't negative like some Mets fans were on Sunday. And I agree with you that there wasn't much reason to be for the Mets using Trevor Williams over May and Lugo and and still taking the series. Your th- overall thoughts on the weekend? Well, uh, nobody should start a season with a four game uh, series. And then I think the Mets were only only what uh, only like a couple teams did that this weekend. Yep. Yeah, uh, it, it's silly to play a four game series in April. You should not schedule only four game series in April. One thing I wouldn't actually wouldn't mind seeing, and uh, no salary should be affected. It should oh the salary should still be the same. Service time should be the same. Of course, the owners wouldn't want those seven games take eight games taken away. I think we should go back to 154 game schedule. Mm-hmm. See, I thought that was going to happen when the whole collective bargain agreement thing was going on. I figured they were going to shoot for 150. Yeah, the uh, 154 games was what it was before 1962 or mm-hmm. actually in American League before 1961. I mean, Thursday was silly. Everywhere else that was in the Northeast, they had the Friday off day built in that they could have kicked the game to Friday. For the, all three of those games to be night games. Now, it helped me because I wanted to see the city sites of Washington, but it was so cold at night. So cold. Yeah. Like Friday. Friday started out warm, and then like around 9 o'clock, oh, it was yeah. like the temperature up 20 degrees. Miserable to be a fan in baseball, non-baseball weather like that. Do you realize that if the lights didn't go out in the first inning of Friday night's game, then the rain would never have been a factor? Yeah, that, that and the delay, the brawl delay too, both combined, but... Uh, a series of errors at Nationals Park. You know, you were there for three. I was there for four. You know, the electrical issues, the food selection, nowhere near a city field. What was your experience at Nationals Park? Because I was wildly underwhelmed by the stadium. Now, now I go to Devil Games. I'm a Devils fan. I'm a Devils season ticket holder. So I know a true horrific fan experience when it comes to uh, uh, things. And uh, to be a Devils fan, the Devils put you to hell. So it's appropriate to call the Devils. <laughs> I mean, they got the worst PA announcer in the history of sports. Literally, they had a a, a contest. I, I regret not answering the contest because I know I could have beaten this guy. Because this guy, it, it, I don't know how this guy won. He's got a high pitched voice that like pierces your eardrums, and he screams like every game. The Devils will show for T-shirts. He goes, "It's T." <laughs> Raise your hand if you want to Well, now <laughs> that's a good impression, right there, my man. All right, back to Make National some- Park. Because how do we get to the? De- <laughs> It's about the fan experience. Look, this man's traumatized. Let him go through it. So devil's worse than the Nationals experience. So when you talk about food selection, the hot dogs weren't 
awful at the uh, Nationals Park. That's about all I ate was hot dogs and soda. I didn't go to any other specialty uh, brands. I do notice they have a bench chili bowl stand. I don't know if it's anything like the real bench chili bowl, but I don't expect it to be. Right. But if it's like anything close, it did that, that, that's good. Uh, I like that one. I like some of the names of their stands. Steak of the Union, Pop Fly Popcorn, and 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 the staff is nice. nice. That's that's that sucks. The potential centers. The staff sucks. <laughs> I mean, uh, they act like they act like. Uh, they act like you're being uh, you're, you're invading your territory when you come through the gates at the Prudential Center. Oh boy! I tell you what, good thing this isn't a Devils podcast. Yeah, are, <laughs> are there any of those? Are there any Devils podcasts out there? The things that people can help and do, mm. we're fine. But Nationals Ballpark is just an average ballpark at best. I've I've now been to nine of the current ballparks. I think the only ballpark that's worse than Nationals Park is uh, Tropicana Field. And it, 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 it's there's nothing special about Nationals Park. It, I'm actually surprised it has it's not a corporate sponsor name, but the the scoreboard is, is ordinary. Uh, they have this ridiculous like rounded elliptical line score. Mm-hmm. They don't have the the information that they have. Like you go to City uh, City Field and you see tons of information on the mm-hmm. two on the video board and the scoreboard. The fan experience because I know one of the things that Jake was talking about, like the fans were trying to when the Let's Go Mets chants were going, they were trying to come back with we they, pump our own gas. They or said pump your own gas. I'm like that's. <laughs> Jersey, not New York. They're like, oh, that's the same thing. I'm like, no, New Jersey's not the same thing as New York. And that is a terrible chant. It is a terrible chant. I, I didn't hear that chant. I did the first game I sat in the uh, outfield bleachers, uh, mm-hmm. above uh, center field, above near the batter's eye. And I did not hear the stadium sounds. You couldn't hear the PA announcer the, until like, I guess he must have fixed something because it, it started working in like the seventh and eighth innings. Or maybe just that the, uh, the rest of the crowd left the game and it was hardly <laughs> anyone left. Like they sung God God bless America before the game. I never even until I started hearing people singing God bless America, barely could barely hear anything out there. Like in the door ending, all the fans are like waving their hats like this. And <laughs> I didn't even know why they were doing it. And I sat in the, above the uh, Mets dugout on Saturday with uh, Chris Bassett's family basically sitting next to me, nice. oh. which was an interesting experience. I had uh, Chris Bassett's friends and family there. It's like uh, his college roommate, his brother, his father were there. You actually know, knew me. Ah, so, oh, that's kind of impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Chris Bassett had a great game. It is no city field. It was rough out there. But overall, you're feeling good. And it does feel, Frank, that this team has a different attitude with Buck Showalter. You saw him come out and yell in defense. Lindor on Saturday. It seems like there's a different feel than the robotic feel that you had. You know, Rojas would have said, oh, I like the matchup with Trevor Williams, which that wouldn't make any sense. At least Buck keeps it clear and and seems to have a pulse with this team. Yeah, I I think mainly he wanted to get everyone feet in the game. It's not like Trevor Williams pitched poorly. I mean, Pete Alonso. Brutal. Uh, what what was going on with him in, the, in, that, in that inning? I mean, he lobbed the ball home and then he uh, like almost threw the ball into left field on the double play try. I know he's not a great fielder, but he's, he had a brutal weekend. Uh, even on opening day, they gave an error to Lindor. I don't know why. That should have got that error should have went to Pete Alonso. He, Lindor got the ball to, and then Pete Alonso dropped it. It seems like they have to consider Frank, you know, Dom Smith playing first a lot more often. I know it's early, but if Dom's going to be in the lineup, 
why not have him at first? It's just a, I don't know if it's an ego thing. Pete's the main guy. It's an ego thing, uh, but I think Buck Showalter did a good job with the lineups, mixing and matching this weekend. I mean, the Trevor Williams thing, that probably doesn't even come into effect if it wasn't for uh, Edwin Diaz uh, being on bereavement leave. And uh, I have no problem with him bringing Chase and Shreve uh, to face the lefty. One thing I've noticed is that when the Mets won a game last year, a win more felt like a rele- that you were more relieved than happy that they won the game. Because every game felt like a death struggle. Like, like they're just hanging on. And even when you're in first place, and, and I kept saying, I said, it's, this is a feeble team. And I, and I said that this team, they, they never passed the eye test. When they were even in first place until uh, the, end, the beginning of August. I said, this team just is not that good. And it, it never, it never turned over. It never. And then uh, finally they, they played, hit a rough uh, schedule and all the crap evenness that they played. But, you know, the starting pitchings looked well. Hopefully uh, Taiwan Walker uh, against that Phillies lineup has a good game tonight. Yesterday's loss was one of those losses where, yeah, you can lose a game like that in the season. But they didn't play poorly. The bats had to come alive more. And without Diaz, their hands were tied. And I get it's early, but we've seen this repeatedly with Seth Lugo, where he can't go back-to-back days or can't go three out of four. So could be something to watch. But again, it's too early to tell if that's a thing. But that was something last year. That that's why uh, Seth Lugo can never be the closer. I mean, there's games he can close, but he you can't rely on him night after night. And uh, so I, I guess he was saving Trevor May for the ninth. And it's just one of those situations. <laughs> well, Frank, the Mets are three and one. And, and we wanted to have you on because you were there also this weekend. And because we get you in a positive state of mind right now. Let's hope we keep these positive vibes going, Frank. Later in the year, you know, if there's a big loss. Maybe we'll check in with you, but we'll have you back on later in the season. Frank the Tank, Frank Fleming at NJ tank 99 barstool sports frank the tank pod and go subscribe now to his youtube page and follow him on tiktok twitter all of that frank good catching up with you and uh let's go mets all right see you guys i don't care how the sausage is made i just want the sausage to be tasty all right figgy that says adios to episode 99 the for tonight monday night taiwan walker edition for mets history Turk Wendell edition mm-hmm. of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Andrew Hartz, for producing the show. Give Amazing But True a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter at Amazing But True. Figgy, the one good thing is we didn't do the Spanish Academy this week about the Nationals. Is they, they had great walk-up songs. One of them was Esa Muchacha. What does that mean? That girl. That girl. So that girl was good. And the other one, I think it was Soto and someone else. It might have been Nelson Cruz. Poblado, the remix. Poblado? You know Mm -hmm. what that means? Nope, don't got it. Poblado? Do anyone know what Poblado means? Poblado definition? Uh, It means... It's all in Spanish. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, if you you made it this far, tweet us. At Jake Brown Radio, at Figgy NY, at Amazing But True, what Poblado means. All right, I got a funny voicemail to play from my parents. My brother was with my parents in Atlanta. They left a voicemail Saturday uh, Saturday or Sunday, I forget. Let's cue it up, Arts. Hey, Jake. Hey, Jake. It's me, Mom and Dad, here in Atlanta. I want to say hi, see how you're doing. Jake, we found a girl for you. Hard Howie, to drag. How we found a girl. Love sports. Lives in Manhattan. Lives in Manhattan. <laughs> ready to go. Ready to meet a guy who lives she, she saw your picture and she likes you. She liked the Cheeto shirt and the gold sneakers. All right, call us back. Oh, oh God. <laughs> There's no way. Did, is she blind? 
Hey, I'm she about to meet this girl. She's clearly got good taste. Apparently, she's blind. I had it on speaker with the person that I was with at the time, so it was kind of awkward. But that is a girl with good taste. I like that she said, she showed your picture. She likes your face. I'm like, oh, that makes one. She likes and your Cheetos jacket and gold shoes. Dude, marry this girl. I, I'm worried what she looks like. <laughs> <laughs> if she's into that, that's a little alarming, but uh, there, I guess I have to meet. There, to see. there cannot be one person who's into everything of you, Jake. Uh, I'm sorry. I, just, that's a lot. lot of them. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. <laughs> By the way, poblado means populated. Okay, populated. Well, the DMs might be populated with lovers oh, of, of Cheetos and gold shoes, apparently. Oh. She Boy. loves your gold shoes. She likes matzo ball soup, too. Maybe you guys can go to Ben's she, Deli together. She lives in Manhattan, so she's got some money. She lives in Manhattan. She's got a nice Lower East Side apartment. She has a closet, laundry, and a gym in the building. It's one of the nicest buildings in New York. She has her own washer and dryer. Jake, you wouldn't believe it. Her net worth is $1.2 million. You need to marry her. My dad always says you need to marry a doctor, a lawyer, or an Indian chief. First of all, who didn't have their seatbelt on? Did you hear that? This always. This happens. I have another voicemail where it sounds like they crash because the, it's like in, a, in, in 400 feet, please make a right. Bob, Bob, make a right, Bob. The phone falls and you hear a crash. You hear it. We'll play that voicemail next you're, week. You're telling me the Browns are driving around town and somebody doesn't have their seatbelt buckled and it's making that noise the whole time like they don't notice. Well, someone in the back seat, you know, in an Uber, you don't. I mean, I usually don't wear them. But that's not seats. in an Uber. That's well, that's a front seat or a passenger seat thing, right? Maybe there was a baby in the car. <laughs> Even better. So the baby's not buckled in. Wonderful. Ah, uh, the Browns. Maybe the girl was in the trunk. Getting around town with the Browns. <laughs> around town. Jake, marry her tomorrow. I'll pay for the wedding immediately. <laughs> She's Jewish, too. My, that's usually my mom's first question. Is she nice? Is she Jewish? What does she do? And then she goes, is she African-American? <laughs> For Nelson Figueroa and your hearts, I'm Jake Brown. We'll close on that. No, we will return next Monday after the Mets series at Cityfield against the Diamondbacks. Oh. I'll see you at City. We'll bring a few more shirts out there. And, of course, as always, Figgy, let's say it together. Let's, let's go, go Mets. Mets. I read that pretty quickly after having meatballs and thought he was talking spatulas, and I was at Aunt Claire's.